Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here as in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as uh, simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. What's up, family? Welcome to Speak. Now, y'all see the whole city of Kansas City. They are lit right now. The parade is going on as we speak. Patrick Mahomes, he's turned. The city is turned. But the most highly debated sports topic going on right now, I have to bring you all into. Where does that man, this man, Patrick Mahomes, rank amongst the best quarterbacks of all time? I do not want to wait any longer. I got to give you all my list and understand your feedback. Okay, let's get it started. My top five. It's very simple. Tom Brady, let's keep it simple, people. Joe Montana (laughs) at number two. Number three, Peyton Manning. Y'all know what he did throughout the duration of his career. And this is now where you see this young Superman and Patrick Mahomes coming in at number four on my list. And lastly, Dan Marino. He rounds out my top five greatest quarterbacks ever. People might say, Acho, why you got Dan Marino on the list? Dan Marino threw for 5,000 yards in 1984, back when the league average was 3,400. Y'all realize how insane that is? This is my top five. Brady, Montana. Manny, Mahomes, and lastly, Dan Marino. But I got to come to the brilliant panel, the brilliant individuals at this desk to see just how crazy I am on the far end of speak. That is Dave Hellman, all things NFL insider. Such a polite wave, Dave. Hi. <laughs> like, he, worked, he worked out. Like, he can't lift I'm his at the today. parade, you know? Like, I'm on the float. Such today. a polite Hi. wave. You already know her, the brilliant Joy Taylor. Joy, do you miss being introduced with a live audience? Uh, that was fun. That was, that was you fun. You missed the live audience. Like, <laughs> yeah. Don't even. It, it was fun. I do think that maybe we can add we can add the doctor in when you're in. Uh, understood, doctor. You did love the Joy life, Taylor, and this is 12-year NFL blitz. Will Blackman. Oh, oh, yeah, two times, two times, two times. Uh, Super Bowl champ with the New York Giants, played for the Green Bay Packers, among several other teams. Will, you played for 12 years, so you faced a lot of great quarterbacks. I did. You played with Aaron Rodgers, with great quarterbacks. I need your top five list on the most highly debated topic right now. Uh, my top, first of all, I faced a couple of these on, on your list. But, yeah, number one, Tom Brady, like mm-hmm. you said, keep it simple. Keep it simple. Keep it simple. Keep it simple. Um, number two. Ooh. Mm-hmm. Where are we? Where are we going? Pat Mahomes, baby, all second all-time on my list. Number three, Joe Montana. Joe Montana, obviously. Uh, number four, Peyton Manning. Number five is Joy's favorite QB, Aaron Rodgers. <clears throat> you, you omitted a name, sir. You omitted a, a name. So I don't see, I don't see, I don't see, I don't see Dan Marino. No. On that list. And I also Love Dan. see Pat Mahomes at number two. You do already? see him at number two. Already. Already. You know, I, I just... Just in, the, just in the short amount of time, his body of work and just everything he has done, he has taken over this league the past five years. And I already, what, what he has done and what he's going to do, I'm already putting him right there at number two. 
all time. Oh, if we can do that, yeah. then that's a different you know, conversation. If we, you know, if we can't do the projection, are we doing the, the projection? I think so right now. I think so right now, and he's not going to move. Not like for a while. Like if his career ended tomorrow, like he at the end of this parade, he was like, surprise, <laughs> no more football. You keep him at number two with with his career. Well, that's now, what we now we'll get, get into like joy. yards and stats and stuff like that. Of course we are. Yeah. 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 We're yeah. talking about the top five. Yeah. Pat Mahomes, number two all time, baby. Let's go. Let's go. Okay, Joy, I need to hear some more reason, some more sense out of your list. Where do you start? Uh, well, this is the correct list. Uh, number one, Tom Brady. Keep it simple. Of course. Keep it simple. Of course, of course. Uh, number two is Joe Montana, who was widely considered to be the GOAT for a very long time before Tom Brady He was Tom's GOAT. Him. Mm-hmm. He was Tom's GOAT, correct. Yeah. He, was, he was really all of our GOATs. We were all saying that. Number three is Peyton Manning. Number four is John Elway. That's, that's valid. And number five is Patrick Mahomes. Now, I, I could hear some arguments for people other than Patrick Mahomes. I would put Pat Mahomes mostly for the reasons that you're mentioning. I don't want to project Patrick Mahomes' career, though. And that's why I have John Elway there above Patrick Mahomes. Because at this point, we can't get caught up into what we think Patrick Mahomes will do when we're evaluating him as the great, amongst the other greats. Mm-hmm. That's where we're getting a little unfair. John Elway played for 16 seasons. Sure. That's a very long career. It is. John Elway was in five Super Bowls. He had five Super Bowl appearances. Patrick Mahomes only has three. Now, we are imagining that he will have more of them, and I do think that Patrick Mahomes will move up this list. But the way I'm looking at where he ranks all time, it's what he has already accomplished. I think being top five all time is is a perfectly great place for him to be at this point in his career without projecting what he's going to do moving forward. But the correct list is Tom Brady, Joe Montana, Peyton Manning, John Elway, and Patrick Mahomes. Elway over Mahomes is fascinating to me, though, because same amount of Super Bowl wins. Mm -hmm. Mahomes got more MVPs. Clearly, Elway has more Pro Bowls by nature of playing longer. Um, Mahomes has higher highs. Is it just a matter of your Pro Bowls? Is it a matter of your appearances? Or is it just, he look, he played for 16 six- seasons. Like, John Elway played for 16 NFL seasons. That is a very long career. He also went to more Super Bowls. We don't hold that against LeBron James when we talk about right. his, the conversations right. of, of him being great. You have to get to the game in order to actually win the game. I think that that, I think that matters. Like, we're talking about what... Patrick Holmes has, do, has done right now right, yeah. in six seasons. But, when he gets to 16, I think he will have more accolades than, than John Elway. But right now, he doesn't, and that should matter. Yeah, right now for him, it's just padding. I think it's, it's just padding stats for yes. now. Because what he has done, he hit the pinnacle in terms of MVPs and Super Bowls. I look at someone like Terrell Davis, who's in the Hall of Fame, with 7,000 yards rushing. Yep. You know, because he has reached the pinnacle with Super Bowls and MVPs. Which, that's why I keep saying, like, Patrick Mahomes doesn't need to play anymore to be in the Hall of Fame, in my opinion. And that's and Terrell Davis is a great example of that. Like, if you play at a certain level, longevity doesn't matter. It's always longevity versus transcendent, and Patrick Mahomes is transcendent. And he has a chance to be both, which is why, of course, he's on my list. Can I just say, I love... If we, when we do these lists, all of the logos are Hall of Fame, and we use the NFL shield for Brady because he's not eligible for the Hall of Fame. <laughs> Just and then, put it there, please. Then we, got, I know, right? then we got the Mahomes with the Chiefs logo because he's still active, which Will threw Aaron Rodgers in there, which I'm surprised we didn't go deeper on that. Yeah, That's threw okay. him Where in you there. at, Dave? What's your list? Throw, throw, can, I, can I see mine? Actually, plenty of smoke for Aaron later. I've got – I have Joy's list. I just flip-flop Pat and And, and I'm okay with that. Which, so – it's funny, though, like on Monday I said it was really just Montana and Brady, but then I thought about it. Peyton Manning's individual accolades yeah, deserve, go crazy. They oh, deserve right. more respect. Crazy. I mean, he's a seven-time first-team All-Pro. Yes. He, like, Pat would have to win 
set what six more of those to, to pass, him? pass him? Yeah, and five MVPs. And five MVPs. MVPs. He's the record holder. So Peyton Manning deserves three. That's why Aaron's on my list. Four I jumped MVPs. the gun. That's fair. Yeah, but the, the championship with a P, I think that matters. Personally, that's just me, which is why I put Elway five for all the reasons that you just said. I think Elway's career is incredible. I think Patrick Mahomes has surpassed it just in the sense of the highs. Mm-hmm. Elway's been to five Super Bowls. He got rocked in three of them. I know Pat, Pat, Pat caught an L in a Super Bowl as well, but just what we've seen, two Super Bowl wins, he was the catalyst for those. Yep. I think it's fair to point out how loaded those Broncos teams that finally got Elway his championships were. So for all of that, he's already got more MVPs. I put Pat above Elway, but I think they both belong. Which is why I have Pat above Montana. Let me ask you all this, though. How much does championship, championships, champion matter? I have Marino on my list. I was the only one who had Marino on his list. But I just think Marino was such a unique talent. For context, viewer at home, Marino threw for 5,000 yards in 1984. We did not see another 5,000-yard passer until 2008. I don't think y'all understand what throwing for 5,000 yards in a running league when the defenses had a much more leniency really means. That's why, for me, I got Marino in my top five because Manning has championships. But the year that Manning won his second championship, nine touchdowns, 17 interceptions, if I'm not mistaken. Are we going to let that extra – now, I think Manning is – and should be number two or number three. But are we going to let that dictate greatness, even when you add in the context well, of, like, nine touchdowns, 17 interceptions? Well, you've got to be a champion in some respect to, yes. have, to, greatness, to, to have greatness next to your name, like you just mentioned. But yeah. I also think that the conversation with Dan Marino is fair when you're talking about talent. Mm-hmm. But the talent and the championship should matter when you're talking about ranking the greatest of all time. Right, yeah. Like, obviously, many people consider Dan Marino to be the most talented quarterback that has ever played the game. But there are other guys who are close to that talent who also won championships. Like, you, we, it's not – that's why I always bring up the, the beauty pageant thing. Like, yep. it's – we actually have measurables for what the greatness is, and it's MVPs, and it's all pros, and it's Pro Bowls, and it's championships, and it's Super Bowl MVPs, like Super Bowl appearances. Those things matter also. Well, we got Dave's take yesterday. We got Joy's take yesterday on this very interesting question. What would it take, and is it possible for Patrick Mahomes to surpass Tom Brady at the greatest of all time? On your list, can we throw Will's list back up there just so the viewer can have context if they're just joining us? On Will's list, Will already has Patrick Mahomes number two, behind only Tom Brady. So it's not an extreme and extravagant leap. But what would it take for Patrick Mahomes to surpass Tom Brady in your mind as the greatest of all time? He needs seven or eight Super Bowls. That's it. It comes down to rings. Honestly, yeah, at this point, it comes down to rings when you're chasing Tom Brady. Um, He plays long enough. Like, Mahomes will probably get a lot of passing yards. Of course. Against play long enough to possibly, you know, become the all-time leader in passing yards. But to truly catch Tom, now it's about Super Bowls. Because at his point in his career, that's all it came about. Even though last year he did have his greatest uh, season in terms of stat-wise, but at this point, it's now just about Super Bowl. Let me ask you this. You played 12 years of DB. You played cornerback. You played, I assume, I played the whole secondary. Played, so you played all of it, right? I did. You played all of it. Brady has three MVPs, regular season. For Patrick sure. Mahomes got two regular season MVPs. If Mahomes were to give you four or five regular season MVPs, along with four or five Super Bowls, would you look at his five regular season MVPs and his five Super Bowls and say that is greater or he is a greater quarterback than Brady, even though Brady got seven Super Bowls? Yeah, I, w- I would still – here's the thing, too. Now, if Andy Reid is still his coach – Throughout this time, him winning the, I guess, what, the five more Super Bowls? Yep. 
then I can see that. But if he, there's a revolving door of coaches and he's still getting it done, if there's no Travis Kelsey, this gotcha. other guys, and he's still the constant for that, that team, then I can see it. But still, for me, the initial thought process is like he has to get seven. Got to get seven. I love this conversation. It truly is one of the most debated combos right now in sports. Well, the second most debated conversation in sports, the one we're about to have. Jalen Hurts. He just nearly won the Super Bowl, but because he was a second-round pick, he is already up for that big-time payday. Should the Eagles go ahead and break the bank for their star quarterback, Jalen Hurts, or does it make more sense to wait? That's next on Speak Jalen Hurts, he balled in the Super Bowl, but they came up short. Now that the Eagles have lost, they have to move on to the next biggest dialogue, which is do you extend Jalen Hurts' contract? He's coming towards the end of his rookie deal, three, third year in on a four-year deal. Now, yesterday he said, quote, there will be a day that conversation can be had, but today isn't that day. Report says that Jalen Hurts would be owed north of $45 million. This is an incredibly intriguing conversation in all the sports. One, because if Jalen Hurts gets paid and when Jalen Hurts gets paid, he will likely reset the quarterback market. That matters for your favorite team. But number two, the Philadelphia Eagles, led by Howie Roseman as general manager, a friend of the show, he has a very interesting and intriguing way of doing business. Now, Dave, you know about extending quarterbacks very, very well. More well than I would prefer. Than you would prefer because you covered the Dallas Cowboys for 10 years and you saw that conundrum of drafting Dak Prescott not in the first round, so there was no fifth-year option. Cowboys drafted Dak in the fourth round. But then the Cowboys made what Dave would call a pivotal error. Rather than paying Dak early, they franchised Dak. Why does that matter? Because that will lend a lot of instruction for this conversation. Dave, would it be smart for the Eagles to extend Jalen Hurts right now? It would be the smartest thing they could do to increase their Super Bowl window. Like, the, how long they want to be able to compete at this level hinges on when they get Jalen Hurts paid and how much they pay him. And the right idea is to get it over with as quickly as possible. I think the biggest misconception when we talk about NFL football and, and the way that this all works is the idea that the best quarterback has to be paid the most. No, the next quarterback has to be paid the most. The Cowboys, I'm glad you brought them up so I didn't have to. I always feel guilty when I do that. <laughs> but the Cowboys hemmed and hawed about this for two years. Like, oh, has Dak proven it? Is Dak worth it? I don't know what we're going to do. And all of a sudden, by the time they realized they needed to pay him, the price tag was $40 million instead of 32 You think that doesn't make a difference over the course of a five- or six-year contract? It absolutely killed their ability to make the most of him. On top of that, they had to franchise tag him, which when you franchise tag a guy, all 30-whatever million of those dollars hit your salary cap at the same time. If the Eagles were to extend Jalen Hurts right now, I can't guess too much at what the deal would be, but we could assume it would be a four- or five-year deal. So we, assume, so we know he's got one year left on his rookie deal. That's cheap money. That is a small salary that allows you to have an A.J. Brown. Uh, a Javon Hargrave, a Hassan Reddick, all of these guys. That's why they can afford them because the quarterback's cheap. So if you tag an extension onto that, now you've got more years to play with where you can keep his salary down. It's this year, it's next year, it's maybe the year after that. And guess what? The quicker you sign him, the quicker those numbers are locked in. And guess what happens every February? The salary cap jumps. It just jumped up to $230 million from 208 something like that. Like, it takes a sizable increase 
every single year. So guess what? The $45 million that looks like it's crazy expensive right now is a bargain by the time Jalen Hurts' cap hit goes up. The Cowboys are watching this happen right now. Dak Prescott signed in 2021. Oh, my God, he's the highest paid quarterback in the league. This is terrible. What are they going to do? And now his cap hit is like, or not, excuse me, not his cap hit, but his salary is like ninth best in the league. That's the way this stuff works. I think Howie Roseman is smart enough to realize that. If you, if you remember, Carson Wentz signed, and yeah, it didn't work out. You're fair to point that out, but guess what? The Eagles got that over with quickly. So by the time Carson Wentz fell off the cliff, it was easier to part ways with him. It, that stuff all plays together, and we have years and years of evidence that suggests that the faster you do this, the better it is for everybody. <laughs> that was a lot. I hope it was like I hope I wasn't rambling, but I like the. <laughs> I've lived this for way too long as somebody who covers the Cowboys. I'm telling you, get the contract done. It's better for everybody in the long run. Appreciate the passion with that answer. It was very insightful. Will Blackman, bring in your 12 years of NFL experience in sight. Would it be smart for the Eagles to extend Hurts this offseason? Yeah, it would be beyond wise to do so. We already know. We hear this nonstop that it is a quarterback league, right? Eagles, have they have their guy. It is clear-cut, especially the way – Teams should evaluate quarterback. They're so busy looking at, you know, the big arm talent, you know, whatever, a cool personality. But you want a guy who can legit lead a team when it matters. You know, I, I have this new mantra where I'm like, you got to be able to meditate in a hurricane. And for him, Jalen Hurts, there is not one box that you cannot check off on the type of quarterback and person and player that he is. And so it is clear. And plus, I don't, I don't need to see – him do this next year. I don't need an encore. I've seen everything. I, there's no better evaluation than what he did this year. Um, he is the constant leader for that for that football team. And also, too, like it's 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 going to be great. They have an incredible uh, draft picks coming up. Two twos. They Two got a one and a third. Picks. But you did mention like Hargrave. They do have a bunch of other free agents, but they are older in terms of Fletcher Cox, uh, Brandon Graham, Bradbury, and Hargrave. What's going to do with that? But get your quarterback. You have him now. He's in the building. Don't even think about it. Okay, let me pose something, though, Will, and let me pose something, Dave. Joy, obviously you as well. As somebody who has literally watched every single Eagles game along with playing in them dating back a decade now, I've seen the highs and lows of Eagles quarterbacks. I showed up in 2013. Michael Vick was the starter. Michael Vick was on his way out. Nick Foles is on his way in. Nick Foles gets hurt. Sanchez takes over. Nick Foles takes over again. They trade Nick Foles. Sam Bradford comes in. Well, enter Carson Wentz by 2016. Everything went great for Carson Wentz by 2016. By 2017, the Eagles were not only in the Super Bowl, they won the Super Bowl. Howie Roseman pays Carson Wentz. He should have. Carson Wentz, small squid, small School kid, big time arm, leads his team to the playoffs. Nick Foles finishes it, takes a baton, wins the Super Bowl, 6'5, 230. Carson Wentz was beloved by everybody at the time. Everything went great. Howie Roseman pays Carson Wentz, I believe, an NFL leading $130 million, something around those, something around that mark. Within three years, Carson Wentz is no longer on the roster. The Eagles have drafted Jalen Hurts, and there is nothing but utter turmoil within the organization, not just with Carson Wentz, but with the head coach, Doug Peterson, as well. So clearly there can be, or at least has been, Joy, some risk associated with the Eagles paying a quarterback, a quarterback who they believed in, a quarterback who they trusted, a quarterback who helped them throughout the course of the season on their route to a Super Bowl. Is there any risk in paying Jalen Hurts? No, there's no risk. And, Howie, you could have just called me and asked me about Carson. <laughs> I, I was way early to that, to that train. I never saw it with Carson. Everybody else did. I guess the big arm was very exciting. Sort of an MVP season. Dak Prescott's had a better career than 
Carson Wentz. It's not even debatable. Yeah. I mean, he has a Super Bowl ring, I guess, so you, you can count that. But you always have to pay your quarterback early, particularly when you know what he's capable of doing, which we just watched Jalen do over the course of an entire season and in a Super Bowl. You, don't, you do not wait. Don't wait. Look what's happening with Lamar Jackson right now. You're talking about Jalen might reset the market. You got Joe Burrow coming down. Yep, you got Justin Herbert. Come on down, Justin Herbert. Yeah, get your a, check. A lot of money spent. You got Lamar. <laughs> you got Lamar Jackson still trying to get paid, and then there's still the Deshaun Watson contract over there looming over everybody. So yes, every moment that you wait, it could get worse and worse. And those two names and Joe Burrow and Justin Herbert could make it a lot worse for everyone. They will. But you mentioned 130 million. That's like a great contract right now. Mm-hmm. And for all, as bad as it went with Carson Wentz, they were able to move on from him that because part. there will always be a taker for a quarterback. There's more teams that need quarterbacks than quarterbacks are available right now, as the NFL currently stands. And that's with the draft coming up. With the with with the assumption that quarterbacks will go one and two in this draft, there's still a whole list of teams that need quarterbacks. So if it doesn't work out with Jalen Hurts, which I don't anticipate will happen at all, you can still move off of this. Yeah, the Eagles had some bumpy times, but in a six-year span, they've been to two Super Bowls and won one. It wasn't that bad. Right. Keep in mind, the, I, the Eagles haven't missed the playoffs since they traded Carson Wentz. Like, they immediately pivoted to Jalen Hurts, who got them as wild-card spot, and then they made a Super Bowl run. Like, there's very little risk because the earlier you do it, again, we all know these deals don't mean what they say. Yeah, they don't. You, you, if you it sign can a, be a five-year deal and you really can get out of it in three. You can get you away know. from an, any deal in two or three years. Yeah. So who gives you the best chance to get back to a Super Bowl? Jalen Hurts, who just did it, or starting all over? Here no, though, just start the clock. Here, to me, would be the risk, though, is – Rather than, Dave, you brought up the point yesterday. The, the reason you didn't have Jalen Hurts conclusively in your top five is because why? I'm too small of a sample size. I need to see him do it again. Need to see him do it again. So if there's too small of a sample size to put Jalen Hurts in your top five, and this isn't just an exclusive to Dave Hellman thing, this is a reasonable take I've seen on social media by several different analysts, then you could also say there's too small of a sample size to give somebody you can't. $120, $140 million. But these are, these are two completely different conversations. This is in terms of he is what's best for that team, what they need and where they are right now. So you pay him based on that. And you can say, yeah, perhaps maybe he's not top five quarterback overall talent, but for what he is for that organization, yes, he should get paid. And plus, in terms of the risk, like that's just that's what an entrepreneur is. That's what business is, is someone who operates or organizes businesses taking on financial risk. And that's what you do. So in terms of that, I think those are two separate discussions. When you mentioned where is he ranked among top five quarterbacks, you can put, yeah, a couple or four or five ahead of him. Yep. But for what he is for that organization, it's totally different. He deserves to get paid. Let me ask you this, though, Will. Don't you think, and you are an entrepreneur, you have a, a, a thriving wine company, a thriving wine business. Isn't the best way to mitigate risk? By the way, we all look like wine, right? We got Burgundy, you know, a little yeah. Bordeaux there. Hey. Little, I already shamed I am a, I am a red wine <laughs> man. You didn't have to, like, see my plug and raise it. Okay, I kind of did my job. Uh, don't you think the best way to mitigate risk is to acquire more information? The issue with Carson Wentz, and Carson Wentz was a baller very early on, but we never saw Carson Wentz have back-to-back great seasons, or at least healthy seasons. You know what you saw? What'd you see? You saw Jalen Hurts get hurt, and they lost two games. You did see that. That's what you saw. But you also saw, but the problem is, and we don't have time for the parallels, but my thought process is, 
do you, Dave, you need to see more, at least to put him in your top five, then how do you not need to see more to pay him $150, $200 million guaranteed? Because, again, like, for me, this is all about a clock that's ticking. Like, he's done this. That means the price tag is what it is. It has become that. You can either argue with it or you can make peace with it. And I think, <laughs> seriously, that make peace with it or move on. And I've said this from the beginning. If there's a GM, you think about having two first-round picks. If there's a GM that would do it, it might be Howie Rose. But when you think about what he brings from an intangible standpoint, what he means to that locker room and what it would mean in that locker room if he didn't get paid, you can't right. forget about that you type can't of stuff. Find that again. <laughs> You're way better off. And again, keep in mind, extending him in a weird way buys you more cap space to keep this team together in the longer run. I know that sounds counterintuitive, but I promise you it's true. For all of those reasons, yes, I haven't seen enough to think that he's clearly one of the five best. I've seen enough to know he can get you to a Super Bowl because he just did it. <laughs> yeah. So what are you arguing about? One seed. Well, the chaos of the NFL offseason, it has officially ensued. All five head coaching vacancies have now been filled. Sean Payton, Frank Wright, D'Amico Ryan, Steichen, Jonathan Gannon. But what team has the best situation after that coaching hire? Is it the Broncos? Will Russell Wilson be revived? How about Kyler Murray? Can the Texans be turned around? We got to talk about the coaching hires next. Who's best off? I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you will hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as uh, simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. As we celebrate Black History Month, I'd like to recognize the late and legendary Bill Russell. This is our first Black History Month since the passing of the greatest winner in sports history. And while most are familiar with Russell's legacy on the court, 11 NBA titles, a seemingly impossible 21-0 in his collegiate, Olympic, and professional careers in win-or-go-home games, the greatest defensive player possibly in all of sports history. What far fewer know is that Bill Russell was a true civil rights icon and the hell he went through because of it. Despite all the winning, Bill Russell was not beloved in Boston or by many Celtic fans. He had his home vandalized and was subjected to countless instances of horrific racial abuse. Early in his career, he led marches in Boston, held integrated basketball clinics in the Deep South with the brother of slain civil rights icon Medgar Evers, marched with Dr. King, and refused to play when his teammates were refused service in a segregated restaurant, and was a leader amongst athletes in the support of Muhammad Ali's conscientious objection to the Vietnam War. Even later in life, Russell showed far more courage than many contemporary athletes were able to when he kneeled in support of Colin Kaepernick's protest against police brutality. Today it is almost expected for our sports superstars, particularly in the NBA, to be politically and socially active. Bill Russell was the first to do it, and he did it at great risk to his popularity, standing, and safety. Somehow, the greatest winner in sports history created a greater legacy off the court than he did on it.
Welcome back to Speak. Now, the things I'm about to tell you change the trajectory of NFL franchises as five new franchises have changed their coach. Now, one of them, Sean Payton, is a Super Bowl head coach. The other, D'Amico Ryans, he was the number one defensive coordinator in all of football last year. Two of the coaches that have stepped into play, they were formerly on the Philadelphia Eagles staff, the staff that just went to a Super Bowl. So now let's break down the hires. What team got it right? What team got it wrong? And let's rank them in order of who I think is most likely to succeed. And Number five, Jonathan Gannon, the defensive coordinator for the Philadelphia Eagles, formerly now with the Arizona Cardinals at head coach. I have him at number five because he has a tall task. The tallest of tasks is dealing with Kyler Murray, the shorter quarterback. At number four, how about Shane Steichen? Shane Steichen, he's the offensive coordinator for Philadelphia Eagles, now the head coach for the Indianapolis Colts. They got to find a quarterback. They've been searching. They've been waiting. They still don't have a quarterback. If he can figure out the quarterback dilemma, he can figure out that team. Remember, he was with the Chargers when Justin Herbert had the rookie record of 31 touchdown passes and the Eagles when Jalen Hurts had the NFL record of 18 rushing touchdowns. At number three, my former teammate D'Amico Ryans. The only reason I do not have him higher is because I do not necessarily trust the Texans franchise just yet. Furthermore, they have to land on their first round pick at quarterback. Is it going to be Bryce Young? Is it going to be C.J. Stroud? Whoever it is, D'Amico's future is dependent on that QB. At number two, Frank Wright. Frank Wright, former Super Bowl winning offensive coordinator with the Philadelphia Eagles in 2017. I have him at number two because the Carolina Panthers have assembled a brilliant, and I mean brilliant staff. More than anything, they have a dominant running game that they know they can already lean into, and they have playmakers on defense, a la Brian Burns. At number one, this is very easy and self-explanatory. Sean Payton got to spend a lot of time with him this past weekend and a fell on Fox covering the Super Bowl. Sean Payton's already been to a Super Bowl. He knows how to get there. He's won a Super Bowl. He's coached one of the most accurate quarterbacks of all time in Drew Brees. And now he will coach a player whose Hall of Fame potential is lying and waiting and dependent upon Sean Payton. This is how I have it broken down. Sean Payton being in the best situation, or at least he will make his situation the best. Joy Taylor, you know all of these coaches. You've covered this sport for a long time. So which coach is most likely to succeed? I think it's Sean Payton. I think for all the reasons that you mentioned, obviously this is an organization that is not habitually dysfunctional, which I think matters. They have very, very wealthy owners who are interested in winning. I think that also matters. And they have Russell Wilson. Sean Payton has shown the ability to elevate all types of quarterbacks at all different levels. I think Russell Wilson's going to go into the season very aware of what's at stake, not just for the team, but also for himself legacy-wise. And Sean Payton has the resume and the gravitas to walk in there and demand that everybody changes how they're, they're doing things. They had a bad season, yes, but he's not having to reinvent the wheel in Denver, and so I feel like he's in the best situation. I love Sean Payton. Young Dave owes him a lot of wonderful memories growing up a New Orleans Saints fan. But we did the first segment on this show about who? Patrick Mahomes? Mahomes. We said he was like one of the five best quarterbacks living. He is in that division. He plays in the AFC West. <laughs> Sean Payton's job is to beat Patrick Mahomes. That's, that, I just want to point that out. Like That is a tall task. I, I think Sean Payton's going to be fine. And this just proves that I'm a draft nerd, but if I have to pick of any of these guys, I'm so excited about D'Amico Ryans in Houston. And I think the reason why is because more than anybody else, he has a chance to build a team in his image because of the draft capital. Like when you trade away Deshaun Watson for everything, like they had they got two firsts again this year, they got two firsts next year, they pick second, 12th, 
33rd and 65th in this year's draft. And that's just this year. They have two more first-round picks to play with next year. They have a huge opportunity to restock this roster. They're going to have a chance at a Bryce Young, C.J. Stroud, whoever. They can add some serious talent to this team. I get that Houston seems a little bit dysfunctional, but I think – between giving D'Amico such a coach-friendly contract, right. when they the, the terms that they signed him to, to, to me says, hey, we're going to do our best to get out of your way. You know, they got rid of Jack Easterby and whatever that weirdness was that was going on down there. I'm going to trust that Houston is going to operate as more of a functional franchise moving forward because I don't think D'Amico Ryans would be there if he didn't believe that. So when you combine that with all of the draft picks in the world, I'm just really, really excited about what Houston could be. No, and that's a fair point. And my answer is, is Sean Payton. But you do make a fair point about D'Amico Ryans. I would add to that is that he's in the AFC South, which is wide open every single year. We can see the same with Frank Wright. Now that Tom Brady's out of there, the NFC South is wide open every single year. So I can see both of them succeeding very well in their conferences. But I just, I, I just love the, the Sean Payton hire. I, I was pounding the table all year saying this is the guy and I didn't think he would take any other jobs because I know, for, number one, Dallas, if he didn't have any power, he's not going to go there. And I'm sure he doesn't want to develop a quarterback in Houston. Like, he doesn't want to build a new team. So this is probably the most ready-made team uh, for him. And he has a, a, a wonderful quarterback who had a really down year, but, he's, but Russell is still legit, and he has a really good defense. And so I just, I just love the fact he came in there, and he's going he's gonna to do what Hackett – wasn't able to do at the beginning of the year, and that is to win over the locker room. I think that was the biggest problem with him and Russell. They came in immediately, and they never got the locker room, which is why they struggled the whole year. And so, sure, he's going to come in already having some respect, but I think he's going to earn respect because he's going to know how to build a culture. And that's the only thing Denver was missing last year. They were missing a culture. They had the guys. They just didn't know how to get out of their own way. And they have a guy who can lead them to do that. And I know his, he knows Kansas City is the problem. So his whole mission is going to be to try to beat them. So I think he's going to be outstanding. You were drafted by Mike McCarthy. Mike McCarthy won a Super Bowl. Then you end up with the New York Giants playing under Tom Coughlin. Tom Coughlin won a Super Bowl. To me, Tom Coughlin, one of the greater, greater head coaches of the generation. Mike McCarthy, one of also, obviously, the greater head coaches by nature of winning a Super Bowl. Will, you played a long time in a league. What actually makes a head coach a difference maker on a team? Not what we see at home, yep. not what we read about, not what people tweet about, but as somebody who's been behind the walls, what actually will make one of these newly hired head coaches make their team successful? Yeah, so when I was in Green Bay, well, Coach McCarthy, he, in the beginning when he first got the job in 2006, he did butt heads a lot with a lot of our star players like Brett Favre and Charles Woodson. Like He, he did butt heads early. He learned to, like, he said, I need to get on the same page with these guys because these are the leaders on our team. So over the course of like two or three years, he finally got on the same page with everybody and understood like how important it is to let me talk to our leaders and veterans and continue to help build a culture around that and around what I'm trying to do. That was the same thing with Coach Coughlin. He had an actual leadership committee of guys where they met privately with Coach Coughlin so he knows what's going on within the locker room. And he also had his own uh, culture around the team on what to do. So they were able to just get guys to buy in on, into the culture. And then I was on teams where the veterans or the players were able to police themselves, where it's like that's the most beautiful thing. So the most important thing for a coach is, like, again, as I mentioned earlier, to win over the locker room and just be on the same page with everybody and just be consistent throughout what you're trying to do. So I really see that for Sean Payne because, again, I'm going to reiterate, 
Denver, they were just, it was, I went to one of their practices and they had a great practice, but I could just feel the vibe. This is in London. I felt the vibe of like, man, they just need somebody who can come in here and just have order and understand what it really takes. And that was the biggest issue for Denver. So I, I really like Sean Payton, the Denver Broncos to, to do extremely well. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Aaron Rodgers expected to go on a darkness retreat. Not exactly sure what that entails besides darkness, of course. Now that is to figure out his football future. He might stay in Green Bay. He might get traded. He might possibly retire. Everything could be on the table for the four-time NFL MVP. This was the most liberating, maybe invigorating conversation before the show was a conversation we're about to have with you all. So glad you're here to have it. Joy, what makes the most sense He's for so, He looks so scared Ryan. asking that question. I don't make yeah, that Yeah, liberating and invigorating would not have been the adjectives. I, I feel like it was more hostile. I feel like it was freeing for you. And confrontational. What happened? I feel like it was freeing for you. I was afraid. Right? Like, you were free. Oh, super like, free. You got it off your chest. <laughs> I was, I was afraid. You couldn't even say it with a straight face. I was not even yelling. <laughs> that makes it worse because you had that, like, icy tone. Like, oh, I don't know, man. Wait, anyway, what's the question? <laughs> <laughs> what makes the most sense for Aaron Rodgers? Stay in Green Bay. Like, as you get older, you want to do what? Work less, make more. <laughs> That's what Aaron wants to do. Aaron don't want to do more work. If he leaves Green Bay, which, by the way, will not be an easy transition. It's going to be a huge deal. It's going to be a big transaction. They're going to give up pieces. Green Bay and Green Bay fans are going to feel some type of way about it, regardless of how it plays out, because it's going to feel like he wants to leave. Fans don't like that. No matter what your legacy is there, you're going to go to a new place, and you're going to have to do work. You're going to have to go to work, Aaron. You're going to have to work. And it's not going to be the kind of work that you do where you are now, where they don't care if you leave for four days and go sit in a room, (laughs) whatever that is. They don't care if you don't show up to OTAs, and they don't care if you badmouth your teammates. None of that's going to go on if you go to a new place. The expectations are going to be extremely high and very unrealistic for you, Aaron, because Aaron does not play in Super Bowls, as we know. So that's going to be the expectation, which, should, which is a little unfair. because What did I say? Did, did he play? Oh, I'm just listening. He doesn't play in Super Bowls. That's not what Aaron Rodgers does. So if he goes to a new place, he's going to have to do more work. And, and Aaron Rodgers had a down season. We can get into that in the second round. I just don't see why it makes more sense for you to go somewhere where you're going to have higher expectations than you do now and you're going to have to do more work. You were drafted to Green Bay. You played with Aaron Rodgers. You played with Brett Favre. You know the Packers organization. You know that city. Uh, What makes the most sense for Aaron Rodgers? I think he should stay. And it's funny having this conversation because I was there during the whole Brett Favre fiasco, right? He wasn't sure if he wanted to leave. Organization was ready to move on to Aaron Rodgers. What was that like as a player in the locker room? Did you care? Were you just like, Brett, make up your mind? Or were you like, yo, he Brett Favre. He can do what he want. No, well, I would say one thing. Green Bay, they did a great job of keeping it out of the locker room. So it never really got to us in terms of, like, what we thought. But me being, what, 22, I was like, shoot, we got Brett Favre, we good. We got Aaron Rodgers, <laughs> we good. Like, just make up your mind so we have somebody. But, yeah, I think he just – I think he stays because I think just this year, right, it took a while for him to get on the same page or his receivers. Now, I understand 
the, I would say one thing where Aaron, he probably, he probably has zero tolerance because after he threw that deep ball and Christian, and, Watson, and Christian Watson dropped, dropped it, it, he probably was like, okay, Third not, like you team. said, now I got work to do. And eventually they got on the same page and he started force feeding him the football and it got right. They still have a running game. Obviously, they're going to be healthy this year on the O-line. Their defense is, is super competitive. And I just feel like just stay there. Obviously, they know they got to get more players and more weapons from on offense. And I think for him, it's just the easiest situation. But I can also see him challenging himself, looking around and be like, okay, Peyton Manning went somewhere else in one. Tom Brady went somewhere else in one. Joe Montana went somewhere else and, you know, was successful as well. And so I can see that as well. But for me, I think the best thing for Andrew is stay. But when Peyton went somewhere else, the somewhere else being the Denver Broncos, he had one of the most prolific offenses, if not the most prolific offense the game of football had ever seen. They had, he had 55 passing touchdowns in right. the Broncos. When Tom Brady went somewhere else, Tom Brady was still in his bag, had the most pro, pro, second most prolific offense of Tom Brady's career, second only to that 07 Patriots roster with Randy Moss. But Peyton was still great. Brady was still great. Dave is Rodgers still. We didn't know that with Tom Brady, though, because. We didn't. That, yeah. But retro- he was still great. But retroactively, I can say that now with full confidence because we've seen Thank sure. you for saving me from having to answer the question. Right <laughs> retroactively, I can say it about Tom Brady and Peyton Manning with full confidence. Is Aaron Rodgers still in that category of being able to go somewhere, have a prolific offense, get to a championship? Don't be scared. Let's let it out. Yes. Yes, Ooh, he is. He is. Look, for the same reason that I'm hesitant to move Jalen Hurts too high after one year, I'm hesitant to forget everything I know about Aaron Rodgers after one bad year. And by the way, if this is a bad year for Aaron Rodgers, life could be worse. Like, I know he didn't have a 300-yard game. We've brought that up 10 million times this year. But he threw for 3,600 yards and had a 2-to-1 interception touchdown ratio. He threw 26-to-12. That is Pretty damn good by anybody else's standards but Aaron Rodgers. Like, that's how good he's been that we're like, damn, 26 and 12? That's awful. It's not. And you think about the fact that the Packers built around their run game this year. They were counting on having a great defense to carry them, and it really didn't pick up steam until the last six weeks of the season. I'm saying we, I, with my own eyes, eyeballs. I saw moments of very, very high quarterback play from Aaron Rodgers. He, he dotted up Dallas. He played probably the game of his year against Dallas. And what did they do? They ran the ball. They leaned on that. And they asked him to make half a dozen really nice plays. And he did it. He threw three touchdowns. It was Christian Watson's coming out party. I don't know if Aaron Rodgers is capable of winning another MVP. I do think Aaron Rodgers is capable of quarterbacking at a very high level and right. taking a team on a playoff run. I absolutely think that, Joy Taylor. <laughs> <laughs> and by the way, a year ago, I was at a party – Right after Aaron Rodgers just won the MVP, literally a year ago. Just not the, we forget. We all forget. We forget. Recency we forget. bias we forget. is a thing. It man. is bad. It's bad. It's bad. Joy, Joy is bad. I, mean, I, bad, think bad, bad. Is, I think the way he played is what made us forget. What they do in the postseason this year? They didn't make it. So what's what's what do you mean? It could be worse. What's worse than missing the playoffs? I mean, What's worse than missing not the playoffs? Not having a chance. Is, is, is missing the playoffs and not having ask, a high draft pick because you were so mid that you barely made the playoffs. Ask Russell Wilson if it can be worse. Ask Russell Wilson if what the Packers did can be worse because yeah. there's levels to this. There's levels to not being as good they as you used the, to they, be. They lost to the Lions to miss the playoffs. I know. It could be worse. You're right. <laughs> it could be worse. It could be worse. So is Aaron Rodgers – no faith. No faith. What are you saying on Rodgers? Faith in what? Faith in what? That he could win another MVP? No, I don't think he's going to win another MVP because he doesn't play with Devontae Adams. So I don't think he's going to win another MVP. Do I think he can make the playoffs? Sure. Why do you say it like that? I mean, there's quarterbacks that make the playoffs. That's fine. That's lovely. 
What are we talking about? Uh, this is Aaron Rodgers. If you want to be held to the standard of making the playoffs, then what? Then that's very cute. But is that the standard that we're talking about with Aaron Rodgers right now? I don't think he's leaving Green Bay I see to where you're make going. the playoffs. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, the idea is you would be doing this to go further than you did in Green Bay. I, I hear but you. But there is only, to me, only the Jets have a team that instantly says you can make noise in the playoffs. And I'm not sure the Jets have the coach nor the coaching staff to do so because we haven't seen it. So that's why I'm with Will and really everybody at this desk of staying in Green Bay because is there a place, Dave, off top of your head that you're like, you know what, if Rodgers goes there, he's instantly a Super Bowl contender? Uh, the Jets, maybe I'd have to. I, the, the Bucks, the Bucks cap, I don't think works. Like it would be hilarious if Rodgers just replaced Brady and Tampa. I don't think that's realistic. So no, that's that's my point. Is like there's not a there's not a long list of teams that are good enough. And honestly, Joy, cover your ears, please. Don't yell at me. I don't think the Packers are that. I don't think the Packers are that far away from being a good team. They missed what the play. Is good? What is good? Well, I mean, he said cover your ears. You got to start with good. You were supposed to be covering. You got to start your with ears. good before you can worry about anything good. else. He's in top five all time. According to Will, I didn't say that. Well, okay. next up, look, I need y'all to cover your Twitter fingers because <laughs> Juju Smith was on a rampage after winning the Super Bowl. He upset all of the 215, all of Philadelphia, including star receiver A.J. Brown. It got spicy, and we got to break down who actually won that social media fiasco next on Speak. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, Quick strategic thinking is crucial, and with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown, and through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Yo, this was crazy yesterday. Juju Smith posting yesterday on Valentine's Day, I'll hold you when it matters most, regarding James Bradbury, who got called for the pivotal holding, which ultimately cost the Eagles a game. We'll fast forward. A.J. Brown, superstar receiver for the Philadelphia Eagles, he quoted, first off, congratulations. Y'all deserve it. This is lame. You was on the way out the league before Mahomes resurrected your career on your one-year deal, TikTok boy. He admitted that he grabbed you, but don't act like you're like that or ever was. But congratulations again. Clapping hands. Cheers. Oh, Juju responded. And he said, glad you were finally able to get all that off your chest after all these years. Good game, bro. Adding a thumbs up and ring emoji. Who got the final burn, Dave Hellman? Does that suggest, like, is there beef going back between these guys? Like, after all these years, like, makes me wonder if they've been going at it for a long time. Are they the same draft class? It would have been, what, probably 17, 18? If they're same draft class, that that just hit me right now. A.J. Brown won this. Like, first, like, look. I don't, I don't mind that Juju did it. I love having fun on Twitter. I like not being – like, I don't ever want to be in one of these beefs, but I like watching other people do it. It's fantastic. <laughs> so I loved it. But, okay, AJ's an all-pro. His tr- Like, he got traded, big expectations, lived up to all of it, one of the stories of the season – and TikTok boy is like a bar of all bars. It is a bar. Like, AJ Brown absolutely won this. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> this was this was corny at his finest. This is absolutely ridiculous. I mean, 
I mean, here's the thing. Juju, like, the ultimate clapback or the ultimate statement is to win a Super Bowl. You, you don't need to say anything. But to, to, to come left field and do that, like, it was, it was corny, guys. Like, nobody won. Delete both tweets and move <laughs> on. Forget, forget this ever happened. Now, they did they? delete it. I think a lot of people deleted, yeah, a lot yeah. of the tweets from yesterday got deleted. I think, like we mentioned, I, I think like... people are upset because, like, Juju plays a lot. He's a TikTok guy, yeah. social media, so that's why people are upset. I mean, generally, I think we all lost here. <laughs> I, I thought I, I had a great time. They were making fun of me. I had a great time. No, it wasn't. <laughs> we'll sit for us. We'll see y'all tomorrow. <laughs>